Meanwhile, in the pot cave. Welcome back to another edition of the Podmen. I'm Brad. I'm Brian. I'm Podman Ron. Oh, I'm Alex. All right. Oh, and like, oh. We are running off. We're off to a great start. <laughs> our, our, <laughs> a great enthusiastic start. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, this is, we've, we're a little rusty. Uh, dear pod people, listeners out there, uh, we're a little rusty. It's been maybe about a year, a year or so since our last uh, podcast. Like a year and a year and fourteen, a year and a couple of months. A, a year and fourteen months. Well, <laughs> uh, you could say two years, but that's okay. A year and fourteen. No, months. no, a year and fourteen months. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, we took twenty twenty off. We thought it was going to be a life changing. You know, uh, flying cars and silver suits type year, and it turned out not to be. Uh, and we figured, I think, speaking for the podman here, we figured what could uplift the spirits of America in its deepest, darkest state right now, other than the podmen. That's it. We had to return. We, we had to bring back. Did we just not want to beat a dead horse of 2020 and make people resort back to listen to this again? <laughs> there, you're saying there would be more suicides if the if we would have kept going, right? Sure. Right. Yeah. Or, or why, why do people need our point of view on that shit here? Yeah. They, no one wants to hear us. I mean, people people tune into the Podman for would you say this, Alex? People would tune into the Podman for uplifting news, nothing but good news and sunshine from the Podman, right? <laughs> that. That is that is exactly I mean, never a disparaging exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. Okay. No, well, no, nothing offensive, to... nothing, nothing oh. rotten, nothing corrosive. Just pure-hearted joy. Just That's happy, happiness. And to find out what was up well, with the uh, what what was new with the Arrowverse, you know. Yeah. That well, was I'm great. glad to see. Uh, I'm glad to see that Podman Ron hasn't stopped interrupting people. That's great. <laughs> no. glad that we're we're back at right it. where we left off. I mean, this is like riding a fucking bike right here. What I was going to say was our our motto was good news and flash reviews. <laughs> good news and flash reviews. <laughs> <laughs> And and for you longtime listeners out there, that may have something to do with Podman Ron's uh, obsessive behavior, you know, compulsion about the flash cell, the the ever loving flash cell from Champion Cards and Comics. I did love the flash cell. That ever loving, I think it, that it's still going still on. up. Yeah. Is it? Do you want to give Do you want to give people that website uh, address there? What was the website? I can't remember. It was a I long think... one because it was it was uh... it wasn't GeoCities, but I think it was Champ Site <laughs> at Biz. Bizland. Biz. It was Bizland. Biz no, Bizland dot com. Bizland dot com. All right. Or it's been flashed but, but since 2004. <laughs> well, wow. the, the tragic one was the, you know, when I was raising money for that kid that ended up was, you know, let's not talk about that. Anyway. Uh, nothing but uplifting news. All right. All right. Well, uh, at any rate, it's cl- <laughs> yeah. good to be back with uh, back in the pod cave with you guys. 
Uh, and I'd say uh, let's just go ahead and dive into it and get into some news. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we've got big music. Oh, what, what was that? That was our news. Is this Latino news? Is this Latino news? Oh, my God. Wait a minute. That's... What is wrong with... That sounds fine. Well, that's the news that we've been using, or we had been using for about a year before. So, obviously, you may have missed that theme music as you're you're reviewing the episodes. Is that what you're telling me? I must have. I, yeah, I do like it though. <laughs> Clearly. 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 All right, I'm sure I will hear about it from uh, <laughs> after the podcast is over with. I'm going to get a big tongue lashing from Podman Ron about theme music. So, I will work on that. Uh, Hashtag cancel PMR. (laughs) After the hashtag cancel PMR. Uh, So so news, we we have been away for a while. Uh, There's been a lot of stuff happening in the TV world and the the movie world and even, dare I say, the comic world. Uh, And Brian, well, first of all, I'll pull. Does anybody else read comics anymore (laughs) of the pod men? I do. I I still read comics. All right. Very good. Alex? I, I keep up with what's happening. I don't really read them okay, unless so you, I get sent a, a trade paperback. But other than that, nope, not, right. not really. <laughs> so you you read what Brian uh, texts you? You read the headlines? Yeah, basically. Okay. That's, that's, I, I read I read Doomsday Clock. I'm about a year late, but I read Doomsday Clock. So uh, we'll we'll love okay. that. We'll take that for a retro review, maybe. <laughs> all right well brian tell us tell us uh i'm not sure first of all is there anything going on in marvel in the marvel world we know dc's happening what about marvel i'm not keeping no. up with marvel um, <laughs> i'm just i'm keeping i'm keeping i'm kind of keeping up with marvel okay to podman ron tell us what's happening with marvel just uh <laughs> it's <know>. good marvel, <laughs> they're good i like the art i like the writing I will say that my favorite books on Marvel right now is probably Fantastic Four is very well done. Uh, <laughs> Avengers is pretty good. And, uh, and, uh, what else? Thor. Thor's good. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. We got <laughs> yeah, three, three titles, three Incredible reviews. Insight. Let's, let's get this straight. One was. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. One was good. good. Avengers is yeah. really good. Okay. And then and then Thor They're is much, also really good. They are much better than they were, say, three or four years ago. Marvel has improved a lot over the past probably and, and tell, years. What, what would com- other other than those compelling uh you know, good, oh. very good. I mean why what would compel somebody to get back into it? <laughs> You know, the writing's really good. <laughs> the art's really good. <laughs> art's really good. I mean, compared to what it was, I mean, you know, Marvel, <laughs> the, the art and stuff wasn't very good before. It's not good, and now it is good. Oh, <laughs> it is see, good. I think I understand the difference now. <laughs> you you understand now? You understand now? You understand, you thick-headed son of a bitch. It wasn't good, <laughs> and now it is good. What more do you want? What else you want? Well, I mean, my God. Well, Brian, tell us a little bit what, what's going on in, in the D.C. world. Who's? Uh, I think they're pretty much wrapping up or have wrapped up one giant arc 
death metal that yeah. I don't know if anybody understood what the hell was going on. Uh, and now starting a nope. new one, right? Yeah, so death metal was, don't call it a crisis, but it's crisis, but then there's also, like, uh, there's different, like, levels to the universe. Like, there's a dark universe that's underneath uh, the normal universe, and it was, uh, so, like, for every story, you had, like, a dark what-if version of the story, right? So, um, but it was, like, doubling and tripling down on just dark, 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 bleak, 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 bleak. Which was okay, but Jesus, it ran for like the past three years, it seems like. It's like that's the story. And so finally we get to the end of Death Metal, um, and it reads like a crisis. Uh, and essentially the, the big revelation out of it is, you know, they, they beat back, um, Perpetua, who was the one that created the monitor and AT monitor. They beat back Perpetua, Perpetua. and next, yeah, so <laughs> anti-monitor's anti mother, essentially. But now, instead of it being one focal point of the of the you know the 50, there's not fifty two Earths anymore or fifty two universes. It's there's infinite universes. It, it's kind of like hypertime. It's kind of like uh, infinite Earths, right? Uh, they're basically saying everything counts. Everything counts. Um, and there's two focal points for uh, the multiverse, not just one. So it's always been, you know, Earth Prime, the DC proper, everything else was, you know, was the focal point of the entire multiverse. Now there's two focal points of the multiverse, and it's almost like, well, are they, can they coexist, or will one destroy the other and basically you know it's all just a a, a uh uh a ruse to, a, a, a ruse ruse to sell more books well to sell more books and basically saying well uh is, is are we gonna ditch the old canon and replace it with the new canon maybe we will right um mm-hmm. and uh but also saying well everything counts so pick which earth you like so, so it's been a one-two punch. So that's that's what wrapped up in Death Metal number seven uh, last week, right? And then uh, with Death Metal number seven, they're taking two weeks or two months off their regular publishing cycle, and they're doing a, a, a um, these storylines called uh, Future State. And so Future State is, I believe, Marvel did this. I don't know, ten years ago or something. Mm-hmm. But it started with, like, issue 12. It jumped, like, a year. No, it was DC, one year later. DC did a storyline called One Year Later. And so for a month, all of the books were set 12 issues in the future, and then you spent the next 11 months building to that point, right? Okay. So um, uh, this, though, is set, like, 15, 20. There's not a set time, but it's set 15, 20 years in the future. So at this point... uh, Kal-El, Superman, is gone. He, he's not dead, but he's off Earth, and Jonathan Kent is the Superman of Earth, right? Um, you've got uh, Bruce Wayne uh, is thought to be dead. You find out he isn't, but there's someone else that's picked up the mantle of Batman. Uh, and they haven't even necessarily said, everybody thinks it's Luke Fox, but uh, he has a brother named Tim, <clears throat> I think it's actually Tim Fox is the new Batman. 
because um, they have there's only one issue so far. Um, there is uh, a new Wonder Woman, so you just kind of plug in. There's there's different variations or new characters introduced because it's 15, 20 years in the future. It's been pretty good of what I've read. So you can tell they told these these writers, look, just write whatever whatever you want, write the story you want, because in two months, in six You're months fine. we may like it, start working some of those concepts in, or we may just say, well, you know, it may never happen. But the other part of uh, Dark Knight Metal is they basically said everything potentially happened. So you can kind of pick and choose. If you like the story arc, it's it still counts. If you hated the story arc, we're just never going to reference it again. <laughs> but okay. everything is canon now. So uh, there's a little bit of fan service there. There's also a little bit of why we tied ourselves to this one continuity uh, and, and kind of like tied ourselves to this new 52 universe when we didn't have to. Uh, and I think a lot of it is, uh, uh, and I was going to mention this in a second, but uh, or later on, but a lot of this is kind of like a a, um, uh, a course correct from Didio, or, or Didio, whatever, whatever you pronounce his name. Because, you know, uh, he's the one that hated Nightwing. He's the one that, that hated Wally, right? Because he always said, well, if people open, if they see the Flash on, if, in the TV show and they open the book and it's Wally, it's just going to confuse them. So that's why I wanted to almost devolve the characters back to their original concept and original character um, and the universe be damned. Because, you know, he killed, or he, he, he's tried to kill Nightwing twice. He, they turned Wally into a killer, right? They're trying to fix a lot of that. So Nightwing's got a new creative team, and you can see they're moving in the right direction with Nightwing. Tim Drake is now recognized as the Robin in Future State. Uh, and they're moving forward with Tim Drake. Tim Drake hasn't has been marginalized for you know twelve years, fifteen years. So there's there's some course correction stuff there where I think there was mandates from video that they basically said, okay, he's gone. People love Tim Drake. People love Dick Grayson. People love Wally West. How do we fix these characters? <clears throat> that being said, Wally West in his future state book. Uh, it kills um, several of the Flash family members. So Wally West does why to redeem him in death metal, and now he started murdering people again. <laughs> <laughs> that never gets old. There you go. Well, a as you were talking about that, uh, uh, our intern Alex broke some news here on the Twitter sphere. Uh, tell us what you discovered here, Alex, going back over to Marvel and leaping a little bit into the TV area. Oh, okay. So um, it just leaked uh, a toy for Falcon Winter Soldier. It just leaked the Captain America costume for Sam Wilson, um, which is pretty cool because that series also kind of cool and kind of not. That series is supposed to lead up to Sam deciding to be Cap. And we're supposed to see that build up, and it kind of sucks that it gets spoiled for us in a toy, but still pretty cool nonetheless. It looks pretty cool. The wings have red, white, and blue in them. The costumes directly ripped from the book. I mean, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I, I'm on, <laughs> You're on board. I don't know what to say. 
I'm on board. I, I like the decision. I like <laughs> the way they're going with this character. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited for that show. Probably the Marvel show this year that I'm least excited for, but still very excited for. All right. Well, hey, and just hold that thought real quick, Alex, because that is a perfect segue into TV. Nice. All right. Yeah. So let's talk about we do have a lot of TV stuff. Uh, Our friends over at Marvel (laughs) are going to be really knocking it out here with uh, with uh, the WandaVision coming up here tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, in just a, yep. just six short hours. What are you talking just about? A few hours here, exactly. Oh, by the by the way, by the time this podcast actually gets out there, it'll probably be a, over with. You know, the series. Yes. <laughs> it'll have been canceled. It'll already be canceled. But uh but I did want to get you while you were talking about that, Alex. So you're kind of excited about Falcon and Winter Soldier or more excited about uh, what I mean, we've got Moon Knight, we've got She Hulk, we've got uh, all kinds of stuff happening. And uh what what's the Nick Fury one? Oh, Secret Invasion, right? Yeah. I think for the ones this year, Loki looks the strongest. I think Loki looks really good. I'm excited for WandaVision. I think that'll be a fun romp through television history and give us some I'm more I'm most excited about WandaVision for PMR's sake. Um oh, so we can yeah. finally get his his vision fixed. But vision um I don't know. Uh, from the trailer it looks like Falcon and the Winter Soldier is kind of the weak link. It looks like the less inspired project, kind of drabby yeah. cinematography and stuff. But it doesn't mean I'm not looking forward to it. It just means that it's more of the generic MCU things we're used to rather than these very outlandish projects that Marvel's putting together. But it's fine. I'm okay with it. Whatever. <laughs> See, I disagree. I think Cap Winter Soldier is probably my most anticipated. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> we uh, may have a great geek debate coming up here. Possibly. Hot take. Uh, hot take. Hot take. Essentially, yeah, for me, like, my favorite MCU movie, I still think, is, uh, obviously, in, I think Endgame and and, and uh, Infinity War kind of, you can't really, like, they're, like, kind of on an island by themselves. But of the core, the other 20 films, my favorite's still um, Winter Soldier. And and so, yeah. I, I think, I, I feel like there's a lot of ground that you can still cover with Bucky. I liked that it's... I know what's, how it's going to map out. You know, it's going to map out with who's going to be Cap, who's going to pick up Shield. But one of my favorite stories, uh, at, like growing up, was uh, Johnny Walker Cap, um, and when the Watchdogs killed his family. That 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 comic like blew my mind when I was a kid, right, or teenager, or whatever. So like I I, I, I think that's cool. That or twenty five year old. In it. Yeah. There, oh, there you go. Uh, I think that's cool that that. Uh, uh, Johnny, the Johnny Walker stuff could be peppered in there. Uh, and Baron Zemo. I mean, the fact that Baron Zemo is going to be in it in costume is amazing. And will this lead to Citizen V and the Thunderbolts? I kind of think it will. So uh, I've got a lot of like uh, the one I'm absolutely most anticipated for seeing of this crop is Cat Winter Soldier. Of the other stuff that's lo- that's Ending, uh, honestly, I think She Hulk because Tatiana Mansley or Mansali, however you say her name, I'm pulling a PMR. Uh, <laughs> she was fantastic in um, uh, 
Orphan Black and played multiple characters with multiple personalities, uh, and she's funny. Did, so the fact that it's did did you ever finish Orphan Black? I, I think I dropped off after season two. I got closer. I, I've got to go back and finish um, like the last like six episodes. Yeah, don't worry about it. So, but um, <laughs> you'll be fine. Fantastic in that show, and the fact that it's t- it, the descriptions I've heard sounds a lot like Harry Hardy Birdman, where you know she's yes. defending uh, these superheroes. Uh, I, I don't know. It seems like a fantastic phrase. I favorably. Fantastic. So I'm, I'm, I, uh, I'm looking forward to that one too. Only because I was when we, back in episode uh, 12 or whatever it was when the Podmen did their pitches. Uh, she Hulk was the my pitch for a movie. <laughs> Unlike your horrible Sergeant Rock theory, horrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> horrible Sergeant Rock theory, which is the next uh, Warner Media animated film, and I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. But so before but, that, right? before we get <laughs> before we get over there. Uh, you know, I do feel like Podman Ron, we do need to hear from you. Uh, again, I think all the pod people out there are very well aware of Vision is has been your character since you were a kid. I mean, this was your since favorite was, character since you were 25, 30 years old. This was your favorite <laughs> character. Uh, you cried when the android cried. I did cry when the android cried. He is a, you know, Vision has been my favorite character since I was like seven years old. I mean, like, that long ago. So I'm very excited about WandaVision. Although, you know, he looks like a, you know. He looks like a tool. He doesn't look like your vision. I know. Not, hashtag not my vision. But Not if, my vision, but we're talking, they do. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking about, uh, from what we've seen, what we've read, we're talking about a trip through sitcom memory lane. Which I know. It, it's it, the best of both worlds, man. It, that's you know? what I'm trying I mean, to get at here. I mean, this show is Podman Ron written all over it. But I, you know, I, wonder, it, 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 I wonder how many people that are fans of the MCU are going to get these references to like Bewitched and Dick Van Dyke Show and that kind of thing. Or if they're just going to be like, that's weird. I, I, mean, I think kids, well, are probably, get, kids aren't going to get these references. Kids won't. Well, I, think it'll, yeah. it'll, I think it'll just go on the level for those people will be like, oh, you know, it's old timey now. You know, I mean, you know, the people like Alex who are, I don't know, Alex grew up with. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, wait a minute. No, no, no. I just just said that you grew up with TV, so you would know. But, I mean, the people that wouldn't get it, I think they would just enjoy it being part of the MCU so they wouldn't really think about it. Yeah, I mean, everybody. I know my sitcom history. You know your stuff. Alex, settle down there, Alex. Everybody knows that the TV was your babysitter for all the formative years of your life. That's right. Very true. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think, I mean, I agree with Alex. And I agree with Brian. I, I agree with Alex that, I know, I agree with both of them. I agree with Alex that of all the previews I've seen, the, the Captain America and the, the, and the uh, Falcon and the uh, Winter Soldier is the weakest looking one. It, it just didn't really thrill me like I thought it would. But I agree with Brian. I, I, I think this one may be the sleeper hit, I, in, in my opinion, because you do have – you know, the returning Baron Zemo, you do have all this Johnny Walker stuff that you didn't really see any of this in the preview. So I think this one may be the one that's going to surprise me the most that I'm going to be like, oh, I, this is really, really good. Well, because the preview was just so weak. It's the show that's closest to what you've already seen in the films. It's yeah. the show that's the, so, you know, Loki's kind of a wild concept. 
But WandaVision is kind of a wild concept. Right, right. right. So, so they have to kind of get you to buy in that, wait, this is different than what you've seen before. Right? So they got to give you more, <laughs> like, honestly, to kind of set your palate for when the show actually launches. Yeah, uh, I mean, we I already know what to expect out of this uh, a lot, you know, because we've had three Captain America movies and, and you know, two of it, uh, three, four Avengers movies, right? So you kind of already know what to expect with this one. So they don't have to show you everything. Right. And I think, like I said, and, the and, preview is underwhelming. I just, I think this may be the sleeper hit that I'm going to be surprised with the most but out of the trailers i mean wandavision one blew me away i love it and the loki one was kind of was the least movie tv show i was looking forward to and the trailer was fantastic and now now i'm really really looking forward to loki now so i don't know uh you know marvel continues to to wow everybody marvel continues to Rip off DC before DC can get uh, running. Before they get their act hey, technically, it's not ripping off if they do it technically first. But they didn't do it first. Yeah. They did it, DC did it first with the comics. They did it first with okay. the film. Right. Well, I just so, hope they don't rip off Wonder Woman uh, 1984. <laughs> well, we, well, yeah, we said you know we said a while back, or I said I know I said a while back it's. You know, uh, what happens after Endgame? Because I feel like they burned through a lot, big swatch of the Marvel Universe, and at that time they didn't have X-Men, right? They didn't have um, Fantastic Four. So it's like they burned through a big uh, chunk of their back catalog already with these storylines, and it's not like they're, Marvel's writing these great epics in the past 20 years. You know, the, the, biggest, the biggest book they've written in the past 20 years uh, was probably Civil War, and we've already made a movie out of it. Right, so, so what? What do you what do you do? Uh, well, Marvel did what Marvel did was they said, "Hey, uh, well, people like the new gods. We kind of got the Eternals, so rip off the new gods." And they said, "Oh, well, you know, people they're going to do a Flash movie where it's mul- the multiverse." Marvel's not known for their multiverse, but the, DC's got a multiverse and all this stuff. But we'll rip it off. That's what we're making the next Spider Man movie. Spider-Man doesn't belong, it has no connection to a multiverse. There's no reason for Spider-Man to have a multiverse component to it. Or, <laughs> Except or Dan Slott's Spider-Verse comic book from 2014. Oh. Booyah. So, but, but the DC's multiverse book. has been around since the, the, what, 60s? The 60s. <laughs> yeah. So, so they, basically, Marvel realized it, uh, Marvel realized, hey, wait, we, we really don't, we've kind of blown through some of our depth. We don't have the depth that other that DC does. Mm. Let's just start stealing their their concepts and kind of stapling them onto the MCU proper because we've got a functioning studio that can move faster than DC can or Warner Brothers can and steal their concepts. So now when the Flash movie comes out, people are going to be like, oh, multiverse, they're just ripping off Spider-Man. No, they're not. No, they're not. Or, or when, if, when, if we get a new guys movie, which new guys is a much better concept, a much richer universe than the Eternals is. No, uh, but as soon as comparison, that oh, well, they're just ripping off the Eternals. Yeah, but once DC does put shit on the movie screen, it's it's garbage. I mean, you know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean 
We have. Well, let's face it. I mean, Shazam was their best thing that they've done. I love. I like Shazam a lot. I love Shazam. I no, I don't. I don't good. know. If Shaz- I don't think Shazam's the best. I honestly, if I were to think about the best DC or if, the, if we're saying DC EU, the their little cinematic universe, my favorite because I just watched it again last night. I would have to oh, actually say Bird Bird to Prey is actually my favorite. That was oh, a good I really, movie. I, will, wow. I did like that movie. I too. really like that movie. It, wow, it's look at that. Oh, it's not my fun. I like the editing. I like the pacing. I like the characters. It's a great yeah, was... it's a great little romp through, through Gotham City. And I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, I I'd have to agree. Marvel Marvel does kind of rip off DC and what they're doing. But Marvel's still got a few tricks up their sleeve. They're using the Vision series from 2015 and House of M for oh. WandaVision, building the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, there's some cool stuff going. It's just like, yeah, it's easy to rip off DC because they every time they try to do something unique, it usually sucks. So, like, they can just take it and do it better. So yeah. Let me, this just dawned on me. This just like popped into my head. I've never considered this before. This, right this second. But do you know what Loki's ripping off? Booster Gold. What? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Hmm. R- the Loki series is ripping off Booster Gold. So uh, the boost and, the, and there was supposed to be a Booster Gold movie. How many times? Like twelve. <laughs> He's yeah. Got yeah. To see Booster Gold. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> The Booster Gold series that we got from Jeff Johns, he, the first 20 issues or whatever, he hopped through and was intersecting with all – it was Back to the Future, too. Yeah, that was, was a good book. With, he was intersecting with all of these classic DC storylines, like right. Barbara getting paralyzed, right? So, and, and he, was having, he was screwing them up and having to fix them. So, yeah, that's, that's, uh, there's, there's your Loki right there. Um for me, the, the best DC is probably Aquaman, um, just because of the scope of it. But the thing is, I mean, we had Oof. four good, <laughs> three really good movies, one okay movie, and then Wonder Woman 84. I mean, so, we're forgetting yeah. about one. Uh, okay, but we're forgetting the first Wonder Woman is a is a very good movie. And that movie clearly rips off Captain. That movie clearly rips off the first Avenger, Captain America first Avengers. So, you know, they're both stealing ideas from each other constantly. But Again, but they have been for years in the comic book, so they're doing it the same. And by the way, uh, Man of Steel is the best superhero movie, period. Oh, DC ooh. or Marvel, period. Oh, I, God, think, no. I think it's the best of the best, but you know who else is the best of the best? I think Podman Ron knows who the best of the best is. Who's the best of the best? Cobra Kai. Division? Cobra Kai. Oh, Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Let's move away from the Marvel and DC and the boring superhero. God, you know, I forgot all about Cobra Kai. They're kind of, I mean, they're, they're fantasies, they're escapisms. There's nothing realistic, no ground in reality for these things. But all of a sudden, Cobra Kai comes out. And we have the Karate Kid universe is born or reborn. It's the Miyagi-verse. The Miyagi-verse is born, and it is completely called. planted in reality. Uh, to, totally. Again, I'm going to throw it over to Podman Ron, <laughs> who has a, an affinity toward Cobra Kai and Karate Kid and always has been. Uh, it, we just wrapped up, what, what season two, season three? What was it? Season three, season three. 
And let me tell you, it was better than season two. And I kind of reached up there probably almost as good as season one, if not a little bit better than season one. And it was, uh, uh, it, it hit all the high points. I mean, it hit all the nostalgia thing. I mean, and it, and it really well, expanded going, this Miyagi verse that we're talking about here. Oh right? my God! Now you learned about you, you learned about John Kreese's origin. You learned about what happened to uh, uh, Chosen from Karate Kid Two. You know, and what happened to Danielson's uh, girlfriend from Karate Kid Two. Uh, you, you know, you you learn what happened to Allie. Allie comes back for God's sakes. And you know what? And and kudos to the creators the way they they would just make these little twists that you know you thought Allie was going to come back as the surgeon for Miguel, but you know no, she came back it's a Miguel. totally different way. <laughs> Miguel, Miguel, whatever. You, you thought the little <laughs> you thought the uh, you thought the ponytail soldier was going to be uh, silver, you know the uh, the bad guy from Karate Kid Three, but it turned out it was the other guy. So wait, wait, I mean, what was the, I, I? Who who are these people you're rattling off here? Oh my God, Who's you are ponytail? not a true karate. No, you I'm are not. not. Did you ever? Did you not watch it? I, I yeah, halfway. I will say that I've watched more of the Karate Kid than anything else recently because of these digestible 30-minute episodes for me, but I didn't pay close, close of attention to it. And you got to admit, those 30-minute episodes are, are crammed full, just packed. Well, I mean... I, as we were, we were uh, <laughs> texting about it uh, one day a few weeks ago, I, I, I certainly didn't want to offend anybody on the text uh, thread or anything, but I wanted to make a joke of that. They kind of took a whole... Uh, you know, 24 episodes of a CW series impacted into 10 episodes. It's like every within a 30 minute time period, uh, Miguel would switch sides at least three <laughs> times between Cobra Kai and Miyagi Joe or whatever. And it's just like, OK, I mean, so the whole premise is horribly ridiculous, uh, but it's entertaining. What? Oh, Brad, you know we had karate Discuss. fights in our school back Discuss. in the day? How many? <laughs> they had a lot of karate <laughs> fights in that school. I just like the fact that the police has never called on anything. I mean, Dimitri had his arm broke, for God's sake. Did he not? Does mom go, hey, who broke your fucking arm? Yeah, people's back gets they literally did a whole. They literally did a home invasion on the last episode, <laughs> broke into their house and tried to kill them. And, it's a little uh, ridiculous. But, but I do want to go back. Educate me on what you said. The, the, you said silver ponytail guy? Who okay. Did you ever see Karate Kid 3? Uh, I'm, which one was that? Is that the one with uh, Hillary Swank? No. no Karate Kid 3 is the one with uh, Robin Lively. Robin Lively. Ah. So Karate Kid 3, let me set Robin it up. Lively. Karate Kid 3 John Kreese is like down and out. Oh, wait, you know, hold, he hold on. I think, I think we've got a. I think we've got a retro review coming up here for Karate Kid Three. Retro review. Here we go. Go ahead. Now, even though it took place, uh, it was filmed and it was released in 1989. It it was released. It was supposed to take place the year after the first Karate Kid. So it was kind of discerning that you know Ralph Macchio looked like he put on about 30 pounds and. Looked like he was about 28 years old and playing a 17-year-old. But anyway. Anyway. Yeah, John Kreese was down on his luck because he had just lost his Cobra Kai 
So he calls an old army buddy, which was a guy named Terry Silver. Terry Silver says, you know what? I'll help you get back on your feet because you saved my life in Nam. Oh, okay. So Terry Silver has this little ponytail. He's black hair, got this goofy grin, has a ponytail. So long story short, Terry Silver acts like he's going to help Danielson. He trains him to be a Cobra Kai and to try to turn him against Mr. Miyagi. In the end, he reveals himself that he's a bad guy. Daniel's son beats the bad guy, and everything's good. All right, so so in Cobra Kai, we're doing flashbacks with John Kreese in Vietnam, and there's a guy with a ponytail and a goofy grin. So you think that's Terry Silver. <laughs> well, that guy gets murdered by the victim, uh, the Mies, and turns out the little scrawny guy is that nickname Twig is Terry Silver. Now, so, at now, the very did, did anybody at, else know at, this other than Podman Ron? Do you think I knew this? Okay, I just thank you for a second. I want to go back to what Ron said. I, I want to see this actor getting notes that says grin. No, no, goofier, goofy grin, perfect. <laughs> goofy grin. Did he not have a goofy grin? Did he look at him? He has a goofy grin. They they purposely made him look like Terry Silver. You cannot tell me that that guy didn't look like because Terry well, Silver had a goofy is, grin. And that's the guy that died. So, so Terry Silver and, and John Kreese lived, but you could tell the guy just basically stole the other guy's uh, look. And well, and, I mean, uh, I think I think that the producers or the you know the writers made it so you would think that you know it yeah. Swerve. Brad, I would just like to say I have no clue what they're talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. I appreciate you being honest. <laughs> I watched the Alex, show. You, I you watched it was very good. Yeah, yeah. And we binged it like one afternoon, man. It was great, fantastic. It, it, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun show. It's the logistics of this town still confuse me, and I don't really understand why anything is happening the way it is. Uh, but it's fun. The characters are likable. The young characters are really stupid, and I don't really care about them. But I like Johnny. Yeah, but but show. you think it does portray? Uh, I mean, I know you're certainly no longer a teenager in high school, Alex. But does it portray high school life uh, pretty accurately? <laughs> Part of my French, but fuck no. <laughs> what about the so. fights? I would say it, it'd be much That's more entertaining if it did. In, in, in my high school, people <laughs> were arguing over what Bible verses meant. So I, I, safe to yeah. say I don't have the karate fighting experience in my lifetime. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure you've gained other life experiences that will be helpful out of high school. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, again, one of the things that I thought we were heading toward and season three was, uh, and, uh, a fantastic moment was when, uh, Daniel and Johnny teamed up to, to beat up some, uh, car thieves. Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. What are you talking about? What are you laughing about? It was awesome. But again, in, in this thought of that, they're trying to squeeze in really compact 24 episodes into 10, like within a three minute time period, they were kind of, you know, reluctant partners. Then they were fighting partners. Then they turned to enemies all within less than five minutes. I mean, it's sort of like, we got to get this thing going here. I think they, the even bad- made a, they even made a Tango and Smash reference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is perfect. Daniel's I hot, think hot the wife. best. 
I think the best moment of the show is that when is when Johnny and Danny assault a seventy year old man in a karate dojo that that man owns. (laughs) They just walk in and take over. Yeah, Yeah, they just beat John Grease's ass, Uh, like a seventy five year old man. It's okay. They go into his place of business too. I mean. The show makes no goddamn sense. It, is it, makes, it no makes total sense. I mean, yeah. Thank you, Alex. That show is, that show it's is a karate town. It's 40 years later, and karate is still the most important thing <laughs> on everyone's mind. Well, you know, we're, man, we're the all-valley, man. Yeah. You don't know, the all-valley is very popular over there in Los Angeles. All right, we're back. We had a little bit of technical difficulty, so uh, we're, we're not. We, we you may have missed the MILF minute. If so, don't worry. We're going to bring it back. We'll have a theme song for it. It'll be a regular segment. Uh, but right oh, now, yeah. we are talking. We have moved over to Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, and Brian, you were just going into some of uh, some of the intricacies of the plot details that you found a little lackluster. Yeah, yeah. And I think the thing I was very. Uh, excited for Wonder Woman 84. I like, you know, I really like the first Wonder Woman movie. The only issue I ever had with it was just the, the fight scene being in the, you know, in the middle of the night again. You know, it's just, DC's got to stop doing that. Uh, but I think kind of had with, with the other movies we've had since then. But uh, the problem I have with Wonder Woman 84 is just the glaring plot issues that could have been easily fixed. And it's not like they didn't have the time to fix them. They just didn't. And uh, I read something earlier, um, I think it was yesterday. I didn't realize this, but uh, Alan um, Kimberg, who wrote Wonder Woman, right? He wrote Wonder Woman uh, in like the early teens, late 2000s, um, wrote the first Wonder Woman movie. So he's a comic book writer. And he was the scriptwriter for Wonder Woman 1. Guess who was the scriptwriter for Wonder Woman 2? Patty Jenkins. Jeff Johns. Oh, really? Jeff Johns. They fired... Jesus. And Patty Jenkins. They fired the first writer. They fired the first writer and hired Jeff Johns. Which Jeff Johns, I love. In comics, when movies... His two scripts are Wonder Woman 84 and the Green Lantern movie. <laughs> so, yeah, just, just, there's plenty of plot holes. You can Google them. You can look them up. But, but the one that just caught me, like, right, like, hit me right between the eyes was when you've got Barbara Minerva giving that homeless guy food in the park, right? And she tells him, make sure you stay warm. Right, so it's winter. Okay, it's winter. You, you know, she wouldn't freeze to death. <laughs> then eight minutes later, they're flying the invisible jet through fireworks, and Wonder Woman. She didn't need to explain anything. She didn't need to say anything, but she says, "Well, it's the Fourth of July, you know." What? First off, how does he not know it was the Fourth of July? Right. <laughs> Second off, why the hell wouldn't they just say it was New Year's Eve? Man, it's something so easy they could have fixed. I'm sure somebody caught it. And they just said, well, the audience isn't going to pick up on that. We're comic book We're nerds. We're going to pick up on it. We're cinephiles. We're going to pick up on it. Right? Like, that's the kind of stuff. 
take the whole scene going into somebody else's body. Yeah, what about the rape? The the <laughs> the rape scene. How about the rape scene? The rape yeah, best, scene where best one woman rapes a poor guy. All sorts of issues, right? But but you know, I don't know why they stuck to their guns and said you know well, a wall can materialize out of the desert, you know, floor, but and and we can suddenly uh, have nuclear missiles materializing materializing out of nothing. But Steve has to, his consciousness has to be embodied in somebody else. I don't. It's just weird. It's weird, and it didn't need to happen. And hell, you could have you could have saved eight minutes off the movie and made the movie better by never referencing that guy. Never. That's all you had to do. Oh yeah, but, I mean it, it, that made no sense. It was that was the stupidest fucking thing. But here's the thing: after I read that yesterday, I started going. Wait a minute. We had the exact same kind of plot, weird, goofy shit in the Green Lantern movie. And who's the common denominator? Jeff Johns. It sucks because I love Jeff Johns on comics. Love Jeff Johns on comics. So either he doesn't know how to stand up for his own script and lets people meddle with it, or he throws too many concepts out there and doesn't give them a clear enough direction. And so you've got people shooting different stuff that, that conflicts later on when they try to edit it together. I don't know which. But, yeah. yeah, I wanted to love that movie and can't. Oh, my God, it was terrible. I mean, it, it there was so much bad with it, so much. I mean... Uh, what we talked about the the Wonder Woman rape scene the 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 damn uh, invisible jet she can turn shit invisible what the fuck is that that whole armor thing where she's already she's got her powers back but she has to wear the armor and then go I mean and it got like tissue paper like, yeah I mean you know that that was fucking retarded and what about and, the fact that her and, and uh, she'd have the same powers right. And she defeats Cheetah by pulling a live electrical cable into the water that they're both in. Right. But only right. Cheetah? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that makes no fucking That, that fur acted as an anti-insulation, uh, <laughs> I think. Oh, God. And then don't even give me, I can't even understand the whole Pedro, whatever his fucking name is, Max Lordship. That stuff was so stupid that that they could just cut all that out of the movie. Well, it's just weird because you could have done something with Max, keep him his actual powers, right? Because he's telepathic. And honestly, if you want to do something cool and have him have a big have her have a big fight, do Max Lord, Brother I, and Omax. That'd be kick ass. Wonder Woman. For yeah, sure. that would have been better. So but what? What they brought back was, and then the, where, where she didn't have a she hasn't had a boyfriend in like sixty years. I mean, she was that in love with Steve Trevor that you know a man she knew for three days. Yeah, a man she knew for three days, and she's you know that's it's kind of like uh, the Titanic movie. You know, I always said so. Rose goes, gets married, has kids, has grandkids, spends you know a whole lifetime, but when she dies. She meets the guy in in the ghost world that she had a fling with, you know, sixty years before, a hundred years before. Yeah, okay. Yeah, same thing. So, hello. 
Dead not favorable Unfortunately, unfortunately. Uh, and the thing is, like with, I'll say this: Green Lantern. If you go watch the extended cut of Green Lantern, you can see some of the plot holes were fixed because they just cut it down for ninety minutes. Right? Not a great movie, but but going to the extended cut does fix some of the Hector Hammond stuff. God, this uh... there's. Wonder Woman. Green Lantern, Wonder Woman makes Green Lantern look like Iron Man. I mean, my well, God. But the problem with Wonder Woman is, I don't think an extended cut's going to fix this because you have con- conflicting, contradictory things happening that doesn't make any sense. And as far as Pedro Pascal goes, people are like, well, he tried to save it. No, like, I, I feel like, you know, we talk about what his, his director's notes were, the notes he got for his performance. His notes were probably... Channel as much Jim Carrey as you possibly can. Oh, it was awful. So, but don't even get me started on why why I even had a kid in there. I mean that that made no goddamn sense either. That was just another bullshit plot line that made no sense and went nowhere. Dead air, dead air, All right. Uh, I, so, uh, Alex, we haven't heard too much from you on Wonder Woman. Oh, um, no real opinion. I like, there's a, no, I I don't like the movie. I know that, but I think there's a lot of interesting concepts. I like the idea of creating a more cheesy, campy Richard Donner style superhero movie. again. I I love that opening sequence in the mall, even though you could clearly tell there was wire work and it was kind of sloppily done. I like that concept, but it just seemed like, it was like you could, they decided on a tone, but then like when they tried to get serious, it was hard to take that tone seriously because the rest of the movie is this fun romp when, but when like Steve Trevor's like disappearing, I'm like, I don't really care when you show Maxwell Lord wet the bed. Why? It's these weird choices. It's these weird tonal inconsistencies that like just make no sense. On top of that, you have, you have two villains which neither get the attention they need or deserve and they're kind of wasted especially barbara minerva who if i had written that script wouldn't even be in the movie i would have saved that character for a later date but it's just and then maxwell lord who's just made to look like a bumbling idiot which is just like omax brother i yeah i would have been okay with that or if we just like you know got a I, I even like the wishing stone. If we just got a competent Maxwell Lord who knew it was like more of like an archaeolo an evil archaeologist, like that would have been fine. I would have been cool with that. But no, we have this guy who has this hallmark relationship with his son and it's just blo- boring and dated and stuff we've seen over and over again. It's just a movie that takes concepts and tries to do it somewhat uniquely and just falls flat on its face. And but it's it an embarrassment it. to its potential. It does it in a way, and I think this is this is like the, well, a lot of the visual, it does it in a way that insults the audience. It basically Yeah, says, exactly. It's a superhero movie. Don't take this too seriously. You know, what do you expect? Uh, or, well, they're dumb. They're not going to catch this inconsistency. Right? So it's, 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 it marginalizes and insults the audience, right? Here's a perfect example, Alex. When the mall scene happens, 
right? And Wonder Woman's never been filmed. That makes such a big deal that Bruce has that photo, right? Well, how does she keep from being filmed? After she leaps in and starts punching people, she whips the camera with her lasso. As if whipping the camera is somehow going to delete the videotape in the security office. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's, many it's, really, it's really confusing that Wonder Woman is this... I know they're still trying to somehow make the DCU work and stuff, but it's so confusing that Wonder Woman is supposed to be this figure that no one's ever heard about for like 90 plus years and there's this one picture in existence but yet like she is like out in the street like every other day in her costume and like everyone's seen her in a mall like it's just like <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna forget what? that chick in a mall uh, no that get up. <laughs> she's flying around with a golden lasso and she threw her tiara like a boomerang like, this lady's nuts, but no one remembers her for some reason. And it's just like, guys, your audience isn't dumb. Your audience actually likes this shit, so take it seriously and don't think we're just a bunch of teenagers. Like, well, this is stuff people like and care about. And, and, and back to my point a second ago about insulting the audience, they literally insult the audience in the fourth act. When she's got her lasso of truth around Max's leg, and she's one, did nobody wish for world peace? Like, like nope, not one person. When all this is going on, didn't any? Yeah, so so nobody wished for world peace. Everybody just wished for something selfish. And and the camera turns literally where she's talking to me. She breaks the fourth wall to tell me that I'm a bad person for wishing my life was better. That literally happens in the movie. She looks at me and tells me I'm a bad person for wishing my life was better. Well, that's yeah. a liberal agenda. Okay. I didn't, besides I didn't what PMR just... Besides that... <laughs> I, I think it's also worth I think it's also worth addressing <laughs> that Wonder Woman's final battle is with wind. She fights wind. And loses to win. Loses. <laughs> loses to win. That is the final battle of the movie. And it also, when she does fight Cheetah, it's also insanely in the dark, and you can't see anything, and it's terribly filmed, and Barbara Minerva as Cheetah looks fucking terrible. This movie is a wreck, and it deserves no credit for being anywhere good, and it's <laughs> terrible, and it's probably my least favorite DCU film wow. because it's so uninspired and so stupid and just so ridiculous that I, think I, have I to, give it I have on the to binary scale, on the binary scale of fucking zero, and on just the regular one through ten, I would give it maybe a two. It's a terrible movie with no heart and no sense of a script. That's it. I think it's one through five, by the way. But I, I, this well, then it's, a, then it's a zero on that, too. Yeah. I think that you're right. I, I did like – you made a good point, Alex, that the, the first little bit, it felt like Superman 2. And I, I kind of enjoyed that. I was like, okay, this is campy. But it's supposed to be 1984. It's kind of cheesy. It kind of reminds me of that Richard Donner stuff. It reminded me of Superman 2. And I was really liking that. And then it just went totally off the rails. I mean, just, oh, my God. It, it was all over the place. Just terrible. Uh, 
shit that they couldn't explain or wouldn't explain or didn't give a shit to explain. Like, you know, she still works at the Smithsonian, you know. Uh, I mean, she don't try to disguise herself. Even in the goddamn TV show, she wore big round glasses and pulled her hair back and kind of looked nerdish. I mean, could they not just do that for a little bit? I mean, make her least. Here's what they should have. Here's what here's Brian's pitch. In addition to making it Max Lord and and um, Omac and Brother I. Right. Make, Max can, can control people's minds. So you still have him manipulating the president. If he wants to, you can still do all of that, right? You don't have to do this convoluted wishing thing. But here's the thing. If they wanted to do something about her looking after, you know, finding rare antiquities and being kind of like an Indiana Jones for the Smithsonian, cool. Have her uh, on a dig in uh, Kandahar. And it has something to kind of hint at Black Adam. Since we know that movie's coming, give you a little give a little Marvel rub and kind of hint at Black Adam coming and ISIS or whatever. But another, another gimme from the pod men there. Good job. Yeah. If, yeah, if, I, if, I if people are listening, that is, I think they are. I think they are. What? I think I have proof. <laughs> Sergeant rock. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just, God, I, there was just so so much wrong with that movie. It was just sad to even just watch it. It was just terrible. And it, and you were talking, and as I'm watching it, just stuff like, you know, the Steve, Ra- the Steve uh, whatever the fuck, Trevor stuff, that, you know, the whole invisible jet. You know, oh, yeah, so they jump in a jet, and he can fly a jet from... You know, that's 60 years in the future and 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 she can turn it invisible and it's already gassed up and ready to go because well actually the, the 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 jets at the smithsonian are actually are gassed up and ready to go uh, just in case of emergency but just saying that actually is accurate and i was can okay I, with I the invisibility because it kind of tied in with the mascara being an Im- clouded and invisible and all that stuff. So I thought that I was okay with I that. I was okay part. with, yeah, I was okay with the plane. I was okay with the plane and kind of even kicked out a little bit with the plane. I was okay with the plane. I can suspend that disbelief. But can I, let me add one more thing to my pitch real quick that just occurred to me as well. So if you wanted to do Black Adam and Hawkman and kind of hint at that in a segment, I'd rather see that than the, than the, the, the um, uh, Olympics that they did at the beginning of the movie because that didn't really fit back in anywhere, right? So I'd rather I'd rather start with her in a desert on an archaeological dig, and you start to tease Black Adam, Hawkman, all that kind of stuff. And oh yeah, that would be great. If oh, you yeah. reference back to it, you can say <laughs> the Golden Eagle armor used its metal. Well, uh, there you go. As, as, as yeah, that was, was, yeah. metal was used in the armor. Yeah, why did they do that? Hell, that's that's the kind of hell. It had wings. You could say, "Look, that's that's that might have been." That's Hawkman's wings. Carter, yeah, that's one of Carter. Yeah, if he, especially if he said Kate Hall, right? Who came from, um, uh, Danagar, right? Because they had metal wings. So, yeah, you could say so, that the, it, the uniform was built from uh, uh, Kate Hall's ship. And wait. So, do you think that? Or, or can, to, to your point, Brian, do you think that? I mean, Jeff Johns 
uh, one would think that he is very well aware of DC history, right? He wrote Hawkman for 30 issues. Right. So uh, do you, to your point, do you think that somewhere that maybe he's not the bad guy that maybe he's being portrayed as to, you know, is, is this more uh, non-comic book people interfering with storylines and being like, no, 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 that's stupid. Let's just put her in wings and not explain. I, that's what I, I hope. That's what I hope. Can I, I, can I say something? Well, I don't mean let, to interrupt, let, let, but let okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Here's what I hope. Here's what I think. And here's what I hope is that Jeff Johns being the encyclopedia of DC said, look, Here's the whole universe, and here's the, all the different directions you could go with this. And I'd love to say, to say he, he said what I said about uh, a Hawkman and Carter Hall and, and Shazam and all that sort of stuff, right? Or, or Black Adam. And, but then he couldn't stick to a concept. He muddied it by giving them too many options and then let the producers all pick different chunks and, and almost like mad lib it together into one film instead of giving a fully baked linear script. That's what I think. Well, here's here's where we, you know, you talk about Marvel copy in DC, but, you know, Kevin Feige, he was just, he's not a comic book writer. He never wrote any comic books, but he had a well-mapped plan. And what you, can you imagine if Kevin Feige was in charge of the DC universe, those connections you're talking about, he would have done that. He would have, he would have thought, far enough in advance where he would have said, yeah, she's a, you know, she's an archaeologist. You know, we could tie her into Black Adam and we could tie her into a Hawkman. And he would have done all of that and they would have already had a huge universe going. But DC, I mean, Jeff John should feel ashamed of himself. I mean, you just thought of that, a brilliant idea in like, what, 20 minutes. And, and fucking, he's... Why couldn't he have done that? I mean, that's a simple thing to do. I mean, that's a no-brainer. I mean, so, and so I said Batman also, Ron, you're, I said, you're, you're, I said also well, that the you know another thing Marvel does, and they do it so good, and we talked about it earlier, is their their movies and the, now their TV shows, their genres. I mean, you know, the Winter Soldier was, you know, a 70s spy thriller, you know, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, space movie, you know, I mean, you've got all these different, you know, genres, and they could have done that with Wonder Woman. DC has nothing like that. You know, Wonder Woman could have been a female Indiana Jones, you know, Let with me, the archaeologist yeah. stuff and, and tied into stuff like that, where she finds these artifacts like that stupid wishing stone. You know, if they would have did it like wow. that. It would have been kind of cool, but you know, you know that's, that's the Dreamstone, right? So by using it in Wonder Woman and burning in Wonder Woman, now you've kind of tarnished Sandman and Doctor Destiny. So if you ever wanted to do anything with Doctor Destiny, like a I don't know a Justice League Dark movie, uh, or have him be a big component in the Sandman TV show that we're getting, you basically you just made the Dreamstone uh, this this idiotic MacGuffin for a character that's never interacted with it in the comics. Right, okay, let me, right. Let me, add, let me add one more thing, though. If you add what I said, and this goes back to why Marvel is more streamlined and can get things done where apparently DC can't a lot of times, if you went and said everything I said, Hawkman, Black Adam, yeah, yeah. all of that, you add all that, Dwayne Johnson's going to want a producing credit. 
Because he's maybe well, so that'd be fun. Right, but, but <laughs> then but you got him on board for that. I mean he's getting but that's the thing. He's getting a jump shot, a jump start, right? He's already kind of building towards his movie. He's already getting like a little sneak peek at his movie and the world he's gonna present. Um but the flip side is is he gonna get a percentage for that? Right? As a as a producer. Getting a producing credit. So well, so that's one of those things where it's like the Warner Brothers wheel, and 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 it, this movie being one cog in that wheel, they can't give a production credit to. Well, Dwayne Johnson's going to get a one percent royalty or two percent royalty because he's a producer. We don't want to give up that money. I'm the producer, right? So so you've got these back these executives and this big movie, big movie media company that's making the movie worse. Instead of better, so yeah. Oh, it was worse. I mean, I, I I cannot believe Jeff John saw that and went, "Oh yeah, this is this is the bomb. This is great." You know, I, I can't mean, believe anybody said hire Jeff John's after Greenland. Fire well, that, the, that's the, a good the point. Screenwriter too. of the first film and hire Jeff John's after. To this day, people just give shit about Greenland. To this day, Ryan Reynolds will not let it go. And and. They put Jeff. Here's the thing, though. I don't. I think Jeff Johns just gave him too much, and then was didn't fight for his vision. That's what I think. Uh, because clearly he could write a good story when he's left to his devices. Clearly, he write a good comic book. He, he's he the. He's he's like the Roy Roy Thomas of of DC. I mean, if you, that's that's kind of who Jeff Johns is. So. There's nobody I trust more with the DC Universe than Jeff Johns. The flip side is he's made two turn movies. So how, something's got to be, I, I can't, something's got to be in between there. So, I don't know. I'll get off my stiff box. <laughs> no, I, I will say that. It's, it's in a shame, the, uh, too. In the uh, Green Lantern movie, Mar- uh, what's this got? Mark Strong, Sinestro. I thought he was pretty fantastic in it. And I didn't mind yeah. Hector Hammond either. I thought Ryan Reynolds was the worst part of it. Uh, but I, I I really liked his portrayal of Sinestro. I would have watched a Sinestro well, movie. If you watch the extended cut, it's not it's a lot better than the theatrical. Yeah, and because they, they add about I don't know like eighteen minutes or something to it, but uh, still not great. But it's better. And and with Wonder Woman eighty four, you could have an hour and not fix those plot holes because they contradict inside the movie. Uh, the only way you could fix that is to say, oh, Barbara gave that guy the food in February, and Steve uh, um, Steve Trevor inhabited that guy that body for four months. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's just enjoying the hell out of it. So. But it was just, it's just stupid things like... Like you said earlier, and I know we're beating a dead horse, but God, it just... It still boggles my mind some of the decisions they made. You know, like... Making this guy be possessed by Steve instead of just making him just Steve Trevor just appear like the wall appeared. I mean, you know, why even do that? I mean, she had to think, well, people are going to wonder why the fuck, you know, Wonder Woman's banging this guy. I mean. And see, even that, I think what they wanted to say was she was romantically, uh, romantically tied to this guy, right? 
And then he suddenly becomes uh, uh, embodied by Steve, and she has to choose between Steve and this guy. Give like the three minutes to explain that she's already been dating this guy. Cool. You fixed it. You fixed it. Congratulations. But we don't care about the audience or the fact that there's going to be a blowback on this. Just do it. They won't ask. They won't care. It's a superhero movie. It doesn't matter. And that's that's basically what they presented. So. Well, so I say uh, binary is definitely a, a zero and a PM, PMR rating of a one. Yeah, I'll go zero and two like Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I forgot what the pod meant. Was it one to five or one to three? One to five. <laughs> one to five. One but to no five, five and a half, so no three and a half, half, no four and a half. No halves. No halvesies. Nope. 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 <laughs> you know, you really love it, you really hate it, or you're kind of on the fence. That's our buy. So, yeah. <laughs> DC, uh, thanks a lot, DC. The first movie where we get to watch in a year and you shit it out. <laughs> <laughs> Just crap that and, one out. And had time to fix it. Yeah, oh, yeah. You had delayed how many times? Yeah, how many times was that movie delayed? That's the most damning piece of it all for me is they had time to fix it. If I figured this out while watching the film, somebody else figured it out, and they said, we don't care. So. Now, now to, you know, not to totally shit on Warner Brothers, but uh, NBC, uh, <laughs> but uh, I agree with Alex, Birds of Prey last year, it, it really didn't get the credit it deserved. I really enjoyed that movie. I mean... I thought it was pretty good, and I liked all the characters in it. So yeah, let me see what the Rotten Tomatoes is for Birds of Prey. Because one thing about that movie, I think it would have done better if certified fresh, I believe. If they would have not had that stupid title and just called it Harley Quinn, you know, I think the title ruined it. And the fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yeah, I mean that was most of the movie centered around the fact that. Orphan ate the diamond, and they were waiting for her to shit it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Birds of Prey did much better than Wonder Woman '84, sitting at a seventy-eight percent. Oh yeah. Birds of Prey. About what I would, about what I would give Birds of Prey. I love that movie. It was pretty good. I'd give it about seventy-eight percent. Well, there you go. You guys, I believe it's it's the Wonder Woman's rock now. Am I right, Alex? Uh, no, Wonder Woman is now Wonder Woman is now still fresh. It came back up to sixty percent. Look at that. Uh, maybe after people listen the to the podcast, clear. it'll change. Now the, the the audience the audience score is a seventy four percent, which is fascinating. So what now? The audience score for Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is seventy four percent. They must have been drunk. <laughs> or fell asleep like I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there, there is no way. Uh, I mean, I think people were just needing something to watch. So they're like, oh, well, well yeah, that was great. 
to be fair, the general populace, the general populace really doesn't really care what they're watching. They're pretty much going to be on their phones for the majority of the film anyway, because they're not going to go see it in theaters. Yeah, well, that's true, and that. That's to me, you know, when you see in the theater, you, you can't play on your phone and you can't go eat and do all the stuff. Because, God, if I would have saw it at home, I think I would have just turned it off halfway through it. Yeah, I don't think I would have. Even on Christmas Day. Yeah, even on Christmas Day, I would have been like, eh, you know what? I'll, I'll finish watching this another time. <laughs> I don't want to ruin my I Christmas. Will, I'll see you later, Wonder Woman. So. So what's the next movie, guys? What's coming out? What's coming? Well, WandaVision. We got to talk about that next time. Yeah. Well, did any did anyone watch the trailer for Cherry today? The Tom Holland movie that's coming on Apple TV. No, what did not. Cherry. Wow. Okay. Never mind. What is it? Never. never it's it's a movie. Now. It's a movie directed. Brad played the checking the checking it out theme. Are you gonna I, let okay, me? Are you gonna on, let me? What you looking at? <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> so, what are you um, looking at there, Alex? Uh, well, it's not out yet. I think it comes out in about two months, I think. Um, but Cherry is a movie written and directed by the Russo brothers of Avengers fame. Uh, it stars Tom Holland and John Bernthal. Um, and it's about um, uh, a kid who goes to war and falls in love and becomes like a drug addict and a robber and a thief. It looks really good. The trailer was really well edited. And if it has that sort of it has this kind of quirky, almost. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Um, Doing a great job. so far. Yes. Great. It was good. I don't know what movie, if I if I had to put a log line on it. I guess I would call it like "Catch Me If You Can" meets like I don't know, like uh, Castaway. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, like Deadpool. It's kind of like "Catch Me If You Can" meets Deadpool. It's kind of weird, but it, it, it has a really cool. Like it, the movie pauses and uh, apparently, and it has Tom Holland talk during it during some segments, like as a narration. And I think I, I could do some fourth some fourth wall breaking and stuff. And yeah, I think it looks pretty good. Uh, Tom Holland always is pretty fantastic in whatever he's in. Hey, and Alex, so, yeah, uh, did you ever see the uh, uh, what was the name of the the Netflix movie? <clears throat> oh, oh, the devil all the uh, yeah, de- devil all the time. Something like that, right? Did you? Yeah, has, yeah. Seen that? I did watch that. Yeah, I, never, I, I watched that. I was for it. Up, I uh, fell off the last fifteen minutes of it, so no spoilers, please. Oh, that was like the best part, but it's okay. It's all right. Yeah, it's, it's an okay movie. Okay, <laughs> can I? It's uh, pretty average. Can I make an observation or, or something I wasn't aware of that I think? You guys probably weren't aware of either. Oh, uh, do you know who directed the first episode of Arrested Development? The Russo brothers. The Russo brothers. Yeah, they're big Arrested Development people, right? So they did. So Arrested Development and Community. Some of the best yeah, episodes the of Development episodes. and uh, and uh, Community. I didn't realize. That yeah. I let Jacob watch Arrested Development the other day, and it was uh, the pilot was done by the Russo brothers. I was blown away. 
but stuff. but you yeah. did you do remember that the uh, the Bluth uh, the Bluth uh, uh, ladder truck or whatever was in Civil War stair car stair car yeah I do I do yeah. remember okay. yeah, yeah yeah so there you go yeah, yeah. little tidbits for miss. you all right the, the fact that the pilot was was directed by oh, them was okay. kind of gotcha. nuts right. yeah. Maybe maybe one day the Russo brothers will like come on the podcast and we'll, we'll maybe talk they'll, about maybe they'll do a movie about the Podman. Yeah, <laughs> Podman documentary where it went wrong. Um, the what else, are, what else wrong. are people? What else are people checking out right now? What, what are you guys checking out? Uh, I did check out Brian. Maybe you've watched it or, or Alex on Apple TV the uh, uh, Beastie Boys documentary. Have you seen? Either, anybody seen that one? I've not. No. I've, I tried to read the book, wow. and it was uh, there was a lot of references that I did not get. And uh, yeah, <laughs> the documentary. Have you seen it, Alex? No, I haven't watched I, it. I'm not going to ask you. I'm not a big Ron. Beastie Boys kind of guy. <laughs> me reading the Beastie Boys book would be like Nancy reading Ready Player One. Just, just a lot just of not a, not that a went stuff right happening. over my head. It, it was fine. It was I, I watched it mainly because it was directed by Spike Jones, uh, but it was it was a live on stage documentary. So the the two uh, uh, guys that are still around, uh, uh, shit, what, help me, Mike D and uh, Ad Rock, Ad Rock. Uh, you know, so it's them in front of a stage telling the story and then playing a few clips in between. So it was kind of, it was interesting, but it, it wasn't, um, it didn't go too far into, you know, too much detail about stuff, but it, it was all right. It was all right. As well as the Bee Gees documentary. Watch that. So I've been watching a lot of musical documentaries. Nice. Nice. There's, um, there's a, another trailer to bring up. Did you watch the trailer for the Beatles documentary called yeah. Beatles Get Back? Is that, that on Apple as well? Very. No, that's on Disney Plus. That'll be coming. Oh, Disney on Disney. Plus. Okay, I knew I saw it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and it looks that? really good. Uh, it's on um, the guy who directed Lord of the Rings. Uh, that's what I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah Peter yeah, Jackson. Uh, Peter Jackson. Yeah, Peter Jackson, and it's like fifty hours of footage that no one's seen of like them like recording songs and stuff and performing. And it just looks pretty fantastic, and I'm really excited as a pretty huge Beatles fan. Uh, I was listening to them on vinyl today, so that was pretty. How about that? that? Cool. Yeah, Podman Ron, what are you uh, looking at? Uh, more always sunny in Philadelphia. You know? Oh, okay, bringing it back. Time. Well, that always I mean, Podman Ron, that's not all you're watching. What are you watching at home with with your your elderly mother? Well, <laughs> uh, oh, the Shield, of course. You're right. I I watch the Shield. I'm on the last season of The Shield, so I'm a little 15 years late, but that's all right. <laughs> that's a retro review. It's a retro review. But I do, you know, also, I uh, I watched The Flight Attendant a few weeks ago because everybody yeah. started you know, talking about it. And uh, I have to say that I don't know what the hype was. It was kind of a very predictable mystery, I guess. But uh, I did enjoy uh, – uh, Kaylee, uh, Kaylee Kuko, Kuko, Kukoa, Kukoa, Kukoa. Yeah. She, uh, she's a very, uh, she's very charismatic. I have to say, I always, I like her in the Big Bang Theory. And, uh, you need to watch Harley Quinn. Yeah. I, and I have, I've watched, I've watched the cartoon and she's That's great in that yeah. too. But I mean, she, 
she really carried this movie. I mean, she was really, uh, like I said, it was a very predictable movie, but, uh, she was, she was really good in it. She was, you know, I, I, she's, she's got a lot of appeal to her. So the kid's got something. She's got fun. She's got moxie. You know what I mean. (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. So, yeah, so, you know, if you want to watch an average kind of mystery, you know, watch it. But. <laughs> Some good eye candy? Yeah, why not? <laughs> good eye candy and average mystery, uh, yeah, watch it. But, but you want to watch an episode of Murder, She Wrote, with a little more sex appeal? <laughs> Just a slightly more sex appeal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I was checking out. Uh, uh. Dead air. Yeah. Uh, uh, Do you have a laugh track at least? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we need laugh track. There you go. Thank you. Uh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, we. I, I have upgraded equipment here. Uh, hopefully, the the listeners can can uh, tell that. Uh, you know, I was looking for the the name of another show that my kids and I finished watching, and some parts were inappropriate that we had to fast forward through a little bit but uh how to with john wilson have you guys heard of that that's on uh yes on, it's fantastic oh uh, thank you who's, who's, who's john wilson? Wilson? who's john wilson what what'd you say uh, brian wasn't he the cajun cook yeah, yes he was you're very good <laughs> so he tells you how to make a lot of cajun food, foods for our oh. cajun listeners there so maybe podman ron oh boy he, uh, no, it's a it's a, a docu. Uh, I don't know. It's it's but it's good. It's on uh, one of my favorite streaming uh, brands of HBO Max. But uh, if if you're fans <laughs> of uh, shows such as, and he's one of the producers is Nathan Fielder of uh, Nathan for You, which was on Comedy Central. Uh, it's a little bit like that. But you, it's you, a bit, it's it's like an inspirational, like little romp. It. it it's both comedic and it has some good heart to it and some good life lessons. And it, it's just a little, it's like a conversation. You feel like even yes. though this person's talking the whole time that you're talking with them and you understand everything you said. Yeah. It's really good. Good That's show. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Kind of like the Podman. I like the Podman. Kind of like the Pod. I, I, I think I'll just stick to uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's. I think that's probably fine. That gives me life lessons. <laughs> I think that's okay. I'm going to... I'm gonna I'm gonna do a hot take. I don't think that shows that great, and I will stand by that for the rest of my days. Wow! What? That's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, dude! No, no, no! I I, I cry laughing at some of those episodes. You know what? I never appreciated I, I never appreciated Danny DeVito until I watched that show. And now Danny I DeVito. It's just is sad because none of the characters are even like charismatic at all. Well, they're they're just not charismatic. Brian, Brian, would you like to handle this? Would he like doesn't know. He doesn't have the life experience to enjoy the show. I mean, <laughs> wow. Danny DeVito could just walk onto this television set right now on some of those episodes, and I just just die laughing at some of the shit he just says. He's he's, he's comedy gold. He is a national treasure. Wow. He is he is one step away from me taking off the day he dies. <laughs> he's making it up the list. Jeez, that's, he, he's making it up. He about to make the list. Take that final step. 
Well, one of, one of the other ones has to die. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but we do have, what, five more seasons maybe coming up? So maybe he could work his way in there, right? He could work his way up there. That's overtaking right. Overtaking Sylvester yeah. Stallone, I mean, perhaps? Sylvester Stallone, Huey Lewis, or... Uh, William, no, I think William Shatner and Huey Lewis are deadlocked. So, yeah, you're right. Sylvester Stallone would be the one that he would probably knock out. So... Because apparently you have PTSD. you have to de- declare your celebrity deaths in correlation to what paid time off days you're going to take <laughs> yeah, with yeah, HR. Yeah. You have to keep the list current with HR. Yeah, you have to declare that right up front. Susie, listen, I need to scratch Stallone and put DeVito on the list. All right. <laughs> if I owned a company again, I would let my employees pick their three favorite celebrities and if those celebrities die, they get the day off paid. That's not a bad idea, I, actually. I That's what I would do as a company. Come again. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another bad decision I would make. <laughs> Picture Podman and Podman Ron calling everybody together on the Zoom call and saying, "Listen." This is what we're going to do, people. HR, HR, just turn. I'm not. I didn't invite HR to this this webcast. I think that's a good idea, though. I like it. You know, the other thing that uh, we've, we've been watching as a family, we finished it up, uh, and I watched a little bit of it. Well, in its first run, but the middle, uh, we've rediscovered the middle. Not Malcolm in the middle. But the middle. It's we, great. Ain't the middle fantastic? Uh, we enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, thought it was good. I will stand by yeah, that show too. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's that's a show it's, I can rewatch. Okay. Matter of fact, I, 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 I talked about rewatching it the other day. Uh, nine seasons, I think. I was sort of a little surprised at how many we we're, were looking for an office uh, replacement, something that's substantial that the whole family can watch. So we uh, we found that. Did y'all finish the whole nine seasons? Yeah. Yeah. We plowed. Good, isn't it? We watched several hours. You can't tell me there was there was one or two episodes that might have brought a tear to your eye, didn't it, Brad? Maybe. Well, only because it is like, yeah, there there were some some things that were uh, very uh, uh, reminded me of my kids, my you know lazy ass kids laying around and walking around in their underwear, and it's like, oh my god, you are Axel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, shit. Uh, Brian, uh, what else here? We're we're uh, winding down. We're I think we're heading we're heading past the one hour mark. Uh, we, uh, well past very of this very special episode of the Podman. I've uh, I've got uh, uh, two to avoid and one, one recommendation. Uh, let, let's have the so, uh, recommendation first. Let's start with a good note. My recommendation, and I've said this to Ron, you know, in our time off. The Expanse ah, is yes. fantastic. fantastic <laughs> I'm going to get to it after show. I go through Always Sunny and The Shield again. <laughs> people people say, you know, the, the thing that you read online or people say is, it's big. It's a huge, vast, like, um, expansive. expansive story. Uh, very similar to, like, Game of Thrones. And the fact that you have factions and instead of different like fiefdoms, you know, you've got planets, um, uh, but lots of factions, lots of planets, uh, a lot, a lot, there's politics, right? 
on top of the space adventure, right? So, um, and you've even got like a uh, an adversary that's coming, almost like the White Walkers coming from the north, right? So, you know, in Game of Thrones, it's like all you know, the, the different factions couldn't stop squabbling long enough to to prevent the White Walkers from you know, advancing and, and basically trying to kill everyone, right? Uh, you've got that kind of sort of uh, on the back burner boiling as well. Uh, but what people say is, though, like the first few episodes are, are difficult to get into, and it follows Thomas Jane, who's uh, basically a detective or a, or a, a uh, police officer. The reason he's in there and the reason the first, like, five or six episodes may seem slower it's because he's you're seeing the world through his eyes, as uh, and Holden, who's the, the captain of the of the, of the uh, spaceship, you're seeing it through their eyes to introduce you to all these factions and all these moving parts. But once you get to episode like four, five, or six, everything starts to click as far as what's happening. But it's a very well written, very smart sci fi show. So things that it's uh, that are kind of like, huh, I wonder why they do that. It clicks later on. Wait, what? Well, for one thing, there's there's uh, a faction that has never lived on a planet. They've never lived on Earth. They they were raised in zero G. You know that we've been in colonizing Mars for 150, 200 years, right? We've had people out in the asteroid belt because there's a water shortage, so they're having to bring they're having to haul ice back to Mars <laughs> to help ice. terraform Mars, right? So, but you've got Belters that have they're three three generations deep living in space. So they're two feet taller than a regular human. They, they've been in space so long, it's almost like they are themselves alien, right? Um, they talk with hand gestures a lot. Uh, they, they speak in Creole, right, a lot, because a lot of them came from, like, southern labor workers that migrated to space, right? Uh, but they talk with their hands because they're always – for – you know, 50 years, they were always in a vacuum suit. So if I'm trying to talk to you, you and you're eight feet away from me, you can't hear me. But if I if I start waving my hands around, you'll understand the hand gestures, to, you know, to help communicate. Interesting. So it, there's there's lots of layers. It's very well thought out. Like, what would it really, you know, what are things they would really deal with? Uh, for like two seasons, it didn't occur to me. When they would say they were landing, it was the ships were coming in backwards, and I'm like, "Why the hell?" It's because they have to they have to flip and burn their thrusters to slow down because they're in space. Like, but it didn't click because you don't. Star Trek doesn't do that, right? <laughs> That's too much thinking. Like, that sounds too thinking. smart. Way too smart. Now, once you get it, though, you get it. It's very. It's a great show. So that's my that's my glowing review. I'm going to give it a try. I do want to watch it. I do want to watch yeah, it. I watched a few the, episodes, but it didn't stick with me. The two shows that I would say avoid, and, and it's sad because one of them I liked until this season, and the other one, I'm a big Stephen King fan, and remember the Stand um, miniseries when I was you know, a teenager, and Matt Frewer riding the nuclear bomb. You know, uh, 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 I remember all of that. But it was so hokey, you know, in the 90s. Uh, I was very excited to see, and you know, when we've got It, Chapter 1, It, Chapter 2, we've had several good Stephen King movies in a row. Um, and now we get to stand, and I was so disappointed. They chose to tell the story 
in flash forward flashbacks, almost like lost. And it's so convoluted and it doesn't build and it's nonlinear storytelling. And I made it through the first episode and I could care less if I watch any more of it. So the stand, which is sad because I'm a big Twilight Zone fan too. Man, the CBS all access shows are not doing it. And, and the, the other show that I'd say is a pass. Also, CBS All Access is Discovery Season 3 because, good God, good God, that season, yeah. it has, it has fallen apart. The, uh, they're in their 900 years of the future. Lithium has been destroyed or like there's something that set off all about lithium uh, throughout the universe and lots of ships got destroyed. Uh, the, the Starfleet is just, just a handful of ships left. Um, they're not the, uh, the, even, even, um, Vulcan has left Starfleet. Uh, and, but then, so that's the mystery. That's the story. When you find out why all the dilithium was destroyed, it has got to be the stupidest. It makes no sense. Maybe you one stupidest. Uh, like maybe when we talk off the air one day, you can explain because I watched it the other day and I, I was like, I don't understand this. It's it's so it's, dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. It's, and there was one episode where they actually went to the Mirror Mirror Universe. If you want to watch that episode, it was pretty good. But the rest of the season was god awful. Uh, you got they promote Tilly to. Number one, you know, so she's she's an ensign. So that'd be like telling Alex, you know, he now he's PMR. You, you can't do it. Ouch. He's an intern. There's there's a problem. What's happening? <laughs> I heard my name. <laughs> I tuned out for like the last like twenty minutes. <laughs> I heard my wow. name though. What's going on? <laughs> so yeah, I heard I, would, I was listening I to the expanse and I was like, oh, this is long and complicated. <laughs> I would uh, watch the expanse, skip Discovery, and uh, uh, the stand entirely. So, all right, I, you know what? I think this is a pretty good, a pretty good. Time to wrap it up. But also, it's a, that's, I like this segment. Kind of one one thing you like and one thing you don't like. Something like that. So, uh, uh, leave people with a, a high note, sort of. Maybe high. Or one save them like. some time, since we've wasted about two hours. Yeah, we wasted a lot of people's time. We owe them something for listening this long. Well, you know, we have a lot to talk about. Lots to talk about. Um so I, I think that's it. I mean, this is a first episode uh, back from uh, a long hiatus. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm assuming that we'll need to meet next week to talk about Vision. WandaVision. And well, well, you know, next week, you know, the big news today, we didn't even cover this, but the big news today was uh, Chris Evans. Uh, yeah. And talks to be Captain America again. So, so I think. But, so I think on that note, everyone should come up with a theory for what Chris Evans could possibly be getting involved with back okay. in the MCU. I everyone, like that. Everyone Alex. come up with something. All right. He did tweet this evening that uh, he didn't know anything about it. He was. The, yeah. He was okay. This, so. <laughs> yeah. 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 Kind of like the, kind of like the, uh, the girl that uh, plays She Hulk. 
not playing She-Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't know anything about Sheryl Kyler. Yeah, yeah. Chris Evans discovered no one wants to hire him. That's the problem. Ouch! Ouch! Well, didn't he send out dick pics or something like that? So he's he's got to make up for it. Yeah, his 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 penis is on the internet. This is this is very true. (laughs) Hey, Brad, you know what I think I'll check out between now and next episode? What's that? Snowpiercer. Uh, I enjoyed the movie starring Chris Evans. Oh, yeah, I was on second place because Chris Evans was in the yes. movie. The, the movie was good. So, I enjoyed it. Directed by Boon uh, Hong Jo. Davine Diggs in Hamilton? I've never seen Hamilton. Oh, yeah. It's a great show. Yeah. Great show. Great music. Yeah. Bah. Yeah. Bah. All right. Well, um, so One Division, definitely. Everybody will be watching that on... Uh, uh, are you going to stay up tonight? Is it coming out in, in an hour? Hey, if I didn't have to work, I would. But, uh, yeah, I didn't work tomorrow. So. Well, uh, yeah, it maybe. comes out at like 2 a.m., I think. Because they do it. It drops at 3 a.m. West Coast Midnight. Yeah. Well, uh, let's hope that William Shatner dies and you can take tomorrow off then and watch. Uh, oh, don't say that. No. Would that be perfect? Sorry. No. Sorry, people. No. Jesus. I don't say that, man. Well, I hope William Shatner lives a long time, but until I next hope he time, lives long uh, enough to drown two more of his wives. Ooh. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, uh, on that note, uh, everybody just stay up late, watch One Division. Until next time, save it for the podcast. Oh, save it for the podcast. Save for something.